Hi, this is Tamika Kasten-Miller, and you are listening to Think, Flow, Grow. This episode contains sensitive materials and material that may not be appropriate for the workplace. <laughs> what? <gasps> baked brie, y'all? Baked brie? I don't know what I want. You gotta have it all. You gotta have it all. All right. Hello, everybody. We are here today with another wine-drenched version of Think, Flow, Grow. I'm here with Las Chingonas. (laughs) Of which there's also Lenny, who is Chingona Peroerita. So if you don't know what that means, you got to look it up because that's what every good teacher would do. Can you so, spell that for the audience, please? No, sound it out. All right. So the chingonas are women with whom um, we all practice together, right? You know, so we all practice together. We all practice yoga together and um, uh, every Wednesday night. And then we have also started just sitting around and doing what I call post-shavasana, shavasana, just like marinating in epiphanies from our practice and our lives and just coming together and being together and all those things. Now, as I mentioned, there has been wine, and so you may hear sounds (laughs) like this. (laughs) <laughs> when people go for more brie and crackers or like this let's see if you can hear it yeah that might happen so if you feel <laughs> triggered by that then that's your yoga today <laughs> shall we ladies so today we are talking about like okay y'all y'all can't be shy like we're just we're just doing us we're just doing us today. We so we were getting curious about cultural appropriation and how that's different than appreciation, and also about what was the third thing we were talking about? Code switching. Oh, code switching. All right, code switching, and the whole new and just identity and like. And this Latinidad question and also Latinx question. Where do we draw the line between appropriation and And appreciation? appreciation. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to dig in. And how all of this has been informed, like how we are interacting, you know, with all these things as yogis, because we're all trying to evolve. So like my initial reaction to things has gotten a little gentler with people where I'm just like listening now more than I am just like, what are you doing? We're waiting so. for our turn to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is hard. That kind of is hard. <laughs> so I don't know. So I mean, let's just, let's just jump in. The first thing, the biggest question was the question about code switching and what it is. So what do you guys have to say Wait, about should that? Should we introduce ourselves first? Oh, yeah. Let's introduce ourselves. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. We should do that. Very good. All right. So we have... Sandra. Sandra Medrano is... Also Bites of a Yogi. Yes. And she is a burgeoning chef, be 
y'all, y'all better, y'all better be on your piece of cues watching this girl on the come up. She is um, a vegan gourmand who is spreading the love of food and sustainability throughout the city of Houston and beyond. And she was on the first episode with the brujas. By the way, the chingonas are also brujas, but it's just, it's a cross section. You know, if this were Venn diagram, they, they'd be in there with brujas. <laughs> so, um, so, yes. So you should remember Sandra from the episode with the brujas and her, and we'll put all of her contact info in the description. And then we also have Adriana. And Adriana is an intellectual, oh. dropping oh. knowledge yeah. every Wednesday <laughs> and beyond. And beyond. Um, Adriana, what are you really passionate about? Uh, you know, like now that we're living in this woke world, I'm just like really passionate about like informing the masses, you know, like the ignorant masses. Making people uncomfortable, thinking about, all right, it's not just you, it's everybody else too, you know. Mm -hmm. Adriana <laughs> likes to stick it to me too, like, well wait a minute, what you <laughs> thinking? Why are you saying that? What's going yeah. on with that? I heard that a lot. And I'm like, all right, tranquila. Okay, <laughs> let me think. <laughs> let me let me think. All right. Okay. <laughs> and then we have Emilia. Yes. Hi, I'm Amelia. Amelia is an educator, yes. and she is full crafting and and not crafting, but molding young minds. Mm -hmm. And Amelia is like she's just lit. Amelia Aww. is lit and Thank just you. full of life and beauty. <laughs> and I feel like you kind of even folks out. You know what I mean? Like, well, I am a Libra, so I yeah. do believe I've always been like all about balance mm. so yeah that's where i flourish in okay. a balanced atmosphere so i feel that i feel that all right spoken like a true yogi exactly <laughs> and a true libra yeah. and then we have lenny who is my one of my favorite humans this is my wife lenny because i'm awesome and she is our wedita or our non-latina um caucasian woman in the room and uh, because we're going to get into some topics, you know, we want to make sure that everybody's represented. Oh, thank you. Lenny is a phenomenal artist, a sculptor within the Houston area um, who makes these giant and incredible, beautiful um, sculptures that reflect the journey of people going from difficult things to beauty and is now also crafting young minds, turning in, creating nice little tiny, um, tiny um, artists. artists as well. Do you want to say anything more about that? Yeah, that sums it up. All right, so just artist, educator, <laughs> and an amazing <laughs> wife. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Artist, educator, and amazing wife. And Basically an epic. You're what? Basically an epic. A bic? Epic. epic. Oh, epic. I'm like, what is this? What is this? Oh, she's also a war veteran. And so she's got some perspectives that we, you know, civilians, we don't have. We don't have. And then, of course, all of this is being hosted by Tamika. I'm Tamika. And uh, I'm every woman. Just kidding. I um, am a, a compassion warrior uh, building communities and 
and reconnection throughout the city of Houston and beyond. And I'm all about doing that through workshops, education, retreats, and all of those things. So you can read about all that later. So now that we're through all of that, one of the big questions that we have when we were talking about this podcast is what the hell is code switching? What is code switching? What, what is, is code, code switching? switching? All right. So in in okay. Well, let me go ahead and start off with an example of code switching so you know you have what i like to call your work self whenever you go to work and you're like oh hi you're cordial you're nice mm -hmm. you know you're kind of putting up this little facade but then you meet another co-worker who say like for me for example someone told me oh hey i'm from a leaf i'm like girl <laughs> Yes, that's what? Okay, yes. you know, it. you're like, you're quickly like, whoop, swat, whoop, whoop. Yeah. That's code switching. Okay. Because only she would know what swat was or what whoop, whoop mm. was, you know? So, so switching to coded language that the, the other person would understand, right. that other people would not understand. Because they Got also it. partake in that specific culture or um, activity or mm -hmm. something else. Got it. Yeah. So like for me, this has been my, my whole life has been code switching <laughs> because I'm a black woman mm -hmm. and I was raised in a really conservative part of North Dallas, which I didn't realize was racist as hell. Um, like North Dallas is so racist that it's shocking how racist it is, which is why I really don't talk to like most of the people that I grew up with. I have a few people that I still talk to, but like there's just no reason to ever ever go there and um and i feel very okay with saying that in a public forum mm. that north dallas gets your shit together mm. so anyway um <laughs> but when i was coming up i felt like i had to be and it wasn't even when i was just a kid it was when i was younger in general like my younger 20s where if i wanted the job and i was like hello everyone i'm mm -hmm. amazing and brilliant blah 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 and then when i got around my my friends i was like bad Yes. really you know and all that and of course like being a part of the lgbt community we have our own language as well where we talk about you know otters and bears and goldilocks and all these things you guys probably have no Hold idea up. what What's that's a about i know what an otter and a bear is a goldilocks oh. is a woman who hangs out <laughs> with bears okay. all the time okay. yes what is a goldilocks i'm a goldilocks <laughs> so I mean, like if you always are hanging out with bears uh, you're a goldilocks otter. so an otter is a is a an otter is is a skinny bear. A bear is, you know, big and burly mm -hmm. and, you know, like lumberjack-esque, you know, <laughs> within the gay community. Because, you know, the gay community oftentimes has to, men oftentimes have to be like thin and like built and spelt and all this stuff. And those are twinks. And then no, we, wow, we, I have we, never we, heard. Let me write this down. Twinks I have what? never heard. Twinks are super muscular. No, no twinks aren't super muscular, but they're not, they're not otters. <laughs> No. I mean, so even even now there's still like discourse around what is what and all that stuff, you know. But yeah, so Goldilocks is a person as a woman who hangs out with a lot of bears. So um yeah, so that's definitely Lenny. She mm. loves her bears. I love bears too. My bestie's a bear. Actually I have a bestie who's a bear and a twink. So there you go. So I'm just like, I'm, I will not be. Anywho, when we're talking with one another, and what's crazy was when my bestie um, and I worked at the same school back when I was an educator. 
we were insane together whenever the doors were closed. I mean, we were so gay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when the doors were open, we're like, okay, so everyone, blah, 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 whatever, it was code switching yes. for real, for real. So there's that going on as well. So Sandra and Emilia, now that you are aware of code switching, what have you code switched? What do you usually code switch? Um, definitely, I guess at work, you know, with my, it's different when I'm hanging out with coworkers that are Mexican versus another culture or race. So I would definitely say then I definitely get louder. <laughs> we definitely like, get louder. Do they have to be Mexican or can they just be Latino? No, they can be Latino, but the, I'm just saying the majority of my coworkers uh, are Mexican. Like mm-hmm. just on my team, particularly, like every Latin person, well, not everyone except one, is Mexican, of Mexican descent. So mm-hmm. when we're together, it's different. Definitely, mm-hmm. you can hear us in the whole hallway. Sandra, you just left the whole like career of code switching. <laughs> Like four years of code switched language. Yeah, I was over it. Yeah, like how did that go for you? What was that like? And did you realize you were code switching when you were doing it? I didn't realize I was code switching. Um, I I always like when I was around those people, I didn't feel like I was my being my authentic Mm -hmm. self. Mm -hmm. Felt like I was I if I showed my authentic self, I wouldn't be accepted. So I, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Mm. Because whenever I started to show my true self, I wasn't, I was being pushed back and like not accepted. And, and, um, so I guess I can, I didn't realize it was code switching you now. But well, you knew you acted differently with them than you did like with your family. Yeah. Or other, other I didn't realize it was code switching if you just literally learned what code switching well, is. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just say, just say. And then, you know, (laughs) I think though, at some point, like you're like, all I know is I'm different with these people than I are Mm -hmm. with those people. And the question becomes, which one is the real one? Exactly. Like for me, it is, there was a shift where. Aren't they uh, both part of you though? Or no? Do you, do you you feel like when you code switch, do you honestly feel like, um, like in a work atmosphere, I feel like we all have to put on a certain like sense of professionalism Mm -hmm. but do you honestly feel like it's a mask versus it's just another part of who I think it's a layer I think it's a layer I think for me I have a lot of layers I'm a chameleon I'm gonna fit in in lots of different situations and for me I'm not putting on a mask I think I did I don't know that I did that I have done that since I was very young but for sure it was like almost like the three faces of Eve, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, this is the version of me I'm going to offer in this moment. And this is the version of me I'm going to, because I'm like, I'm also not like, hey girl, what's up? Boo, blah, 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 all the time either. Mm-hmm. I'm a big nerd. I'm a researcher. I'm a historian. I'm a linguist. Like that's not who I am all Lenny the time. Lenny has something to say. Oh, snap. <laughs> I mean, layers are just protection. And as we grow older, it, like, we can choose to deal with the crap that was laid on us that we built the protection around, mm-hmm. or we can use the protection, the layer, the mask, whatever the hell you want to label it, and it's all the same shit. I mean, 
everyone code switches if you're a minority or not a minority. Yeah. It just is situational dependent on if you feel safe or not. No, I don't think everyone code switches because I don't Bullshit. think Everyone's I think the people switches. who code switch they're always minorities. I think the people who try to code switch who are not minorities don't do it well. I'm white. You're still I a minority. Switch. You've got a wife, and you're a woman. Whatever. Nah, please. <laughs> I don't think of myself as a minority. Well, you were told you were a minority when we had someone broke into our house. When we were That's married, and that was before Nah, we someone broke into our house before Texas uh, 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 acknowledged our marriage, and State Farm calling out State Farm told us that we were not married and that I was her roommate, and they wouldn't cover oh. my stuff. And it was in that mm -hmm. moment when Lenore Kester, when when Lenny, former Republican, realized that she was a minority. Okay, hold up, but there's a bigger thing here though. Lenny went from being, you know, the majority to like being a minority. How how did that like? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. 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 Welcome to the minority <laughs> side. <laughs> you were on the other side. That's old shit. You were on the winning team. <laughs> okay, well, I might be old. <laughs> yeah, I was your fall for grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how is it feel being married to, you know, a black woman and not necessarily being accepted by all of your family and the golden child? Well, I'm still the golden child. That is a big question. It's a true so, question. question. I will always be the golden child. And very specific. I mean, some of your family doesn't see you as such now. Everyone has They're their wrong. issues. I mean... Look, this is your evolved answer. What is your unevolved answer? I don't know. I've evolved since then. Ugh, oh, gross. Whatever. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Like, people going to do what people want to do. Like, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. We're going to let you marinate on it for a little while. Okay. <laughs> because I distinctly remember there being a moment of rebuke. Like when we sent on our invitations. Well, that's just because they're being asses. They you were. You don't need to return an invitation. Oh, wow. Handwritten saying, I disagree with this marriage, blah, 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 blah. And blah. we'll this be praying why. for you. We're going to pray for you. <laughs> nah, that's some misguided BS. And they do need to find Jesus because they ain't following the word. Mm. Ooh, yes. mic drop. <laughs> okay. What do I know? Mm. I'm just a little white girl. Well, what about when you when you go home? When you go home, for sure we're not like frolicking hand in hand whenever we're around your family. Is that not a form of code my switching? Wife won't let me. It's true. I've tried. <laughs> it's true. I feel uncomfortable. Baby, baby. First of all, I'm the only baby. black person in the room. Now I'm uh, supposed to be the only black person, and I'm supposed to be the one who led her to should, her demise. You should ask my wife why we have to code switch in front of my family. <laughs> <laughs> because they're all Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them. In two thousand nineteen. In two thousand nineteen. Sprinkled in there. Mm. Mm. There are two. <laughs> Carrying on. So, Lenny, have you ever noticed when people have code switched in front of you, and you're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like, I'm down. I'm down with the rasa. Have you ever? Like <laughs> Honestly, I don't really care. But, like, because like. If someone feels like they need that protection or if they're doing it absentmindedly, that's their thing. Like, But I don't think it's protection. I think it's an absent, like you said, absentmindedly. Mm -hmm. I think oh. it's both. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's also... I, I think, think it starts as a protection. 
Yeah, I agree that it's And I think it protection. also goes back to parental coding and societal coding and everything else that, again, happens when you're from infancy till you're 18 mm -hmm. with society trying to fit you in a box because the human psyche does better with boxes than what is reality. Reality is mm -hmm. too vague and abstract and abstract. Subjects are really hard for the human mind to wrap around themselves. Well, just because people are lazy with the thinking. But we'll get back to the whole parental coding question as well. So have you, so I mean, one argument, one thing that we were saying was that like one confusion was like switching from one language to the other is code switching. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess that that could be considered code switching as well as switching languages as well. But I almost, I mean, I don't know. I guess that is true. I mean, I certainly do that when it feels more comfortable for me mm -hmm. to speak a particular language. Like there's certain or topics. Or if you want to talk shit about someone. That does happen, but it's less. It's less often. I think it's less often than most people mm -hmm. assume. Well, it yeah. feels easier too. If it's your first language and it, yeah, I get it. you know, it's coming from an emotion of anger or frustration, mm -hmm. you're going to revert to that comfort language, yeah. which is, yeah. for I think me, is Spanish. A lot of people assume that if you're like talking, you know, in a different language in front of them, that you're talking about them. I think that's ridiculous yeah. that people's egos exactly. are so big that they think because that's it's the all default. About I spoke about right. that yeah. in my paper. Right. Because oh, it's about like, uh, discrimination or cultural misconceptions and it is it is offensive one of the questions was something along the lines of have you ever been discriminated against or you know and in what situations and it would happen when I was young it would happen from like mm -hmm. my teachers you know mm. and we would amongst us mm -hmm. because I was never bilingual I was always in monolingual classrooms mm -hmm. so our teachers were never bilingual teachers mm. and they would always say speak english speak english mm. it's like why this is where i if this is how i feel comfortable is this, if it doesn't this relate is how to I connect you. with my friend mm -hmm. you know and one of one teacher in one instance i remember vividly told me it's disrespectful I think it's disrespectful if a per if you're in a conversation oh, definitely. with someone and then definitely. you go into, although it's oftentimes not on purpose, mm -hmm. but you go into like another now, language that the like person doesn't I understand. Did like earlier. we did earlier. <laughs> like, I just did yeah. earlier. I did not mean to offend Lenny no, in any way. Sometimes it just happens. It just you don't realize. Out. It's like, wait, what did yeah. I just say? But also, given the time when she was in high school, and what society, what the norm was, especially with like um, <clears throat> Spanish as a language as a whole, right? They're teaching kids business Spanish, but if someone comes in speaking Spanish, they're like, no, English is the language of the U.S. Speak English, like which is it, ridiculous because it's literally not an official no, language. Coming official from language. like a rural part of California, like. That shit still goes on, and it's 2016. Mm -hmm. So it's just like an out. It's 2019. <laughs> right, whatever. Day it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. The retread. So, so it just, it, people are just stuck in old ways, and they just haven't caught up to like decent. See, well, they haven't mm -hmm. been exposed to you know good forms or good. Um, 
like ways of seeing Spanish because every mm. time that we're represented, we're represented in Spanish. It's either you know in movies where the ghetto chicks are talking, mm. you know, with big hoop reclaim your hoops, girls. Like we're I not love hoop like, earrings. Yeah, we're not. I'm all, wearing hoop like, earrings all of messy, 2020. Yeah. <gasps> I am. 2020. Yes. 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 <laughs> I'll make yes. that a resolution. I'm wearing hoop every earrings every all of 2020. Now they may be uh, real but gold, also, but in movies they portray. Hispanic men as drug lords mm-hmm. and crime bosses. Spanish is a dirty language. Gangsters. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, it's just the media doing what the media does. Media you know, what pushing the media that do. white patriarchal society bullshit. But if that's all you know. Yeah. It, you know, it, the qu- the crazy thing is, like, if, it's, if you're white and that's all you know, then that's how you view the world, mm-hmm. right? But if you're Latino, if you're black, and that's all you know, and you see yourself, you so see people that look like you being portrayed that way, then of course, this is where code switching fails. Because, you know, like you'll you'll be like, well, no, I'm I'm not like that. I'm not, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. Like I'm I'm not somebody who's ghetto or has all of the kids or whatever, because that's what media says that we are. And I really feel like it wasn't until like there were a lot of shows that 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 were on TV that counteracted that those narratives. Thank goodness, like you know, a different world and the Cosby Show and all these things. At least for Black folks, these these movies, these shows came on and like showed us no, you we there are doctors and attorneys and all these things that you know mm-hmm. that you are. But I do not believe that people truly believed. Um, the upward mobility of black people who were outside of places like Atlanta where they were seeing it um, until like the, the election of President Obama. I really believe that it took that long to see it. You know, like, oh, this is, this is, oh no, this is not just something that's on TV and unrealistic, but this is actually something that happening. actually is happening right now. And maybe for like little, little Latino kids or Latinx kids, mm-hmm. you know, seeing Julian Castro, you know, and fucking Castro out there and, you know, vying for deal. the presidency it is a big deal for people to and see that. And the big that. thing that a lot of people, and one thing that really distra- uh, you know, stayed with me with Joaquin Castro is his story of why he doesn't speak Spanish. Oh yeah. And it's because exactly. he had to erase Spanish and that mm-hmm. kind of happened in my own household is where, mm-hmm. you know, which is so interesting. Right. To you me have to speak def- English. No, but it definitely did not happen in mine. It did not. No, no. I, we were actually, I was actually not ostracized by my family, but made to feel less than, because I spoke choppy Spanish. You know, pocha is a word that is used in Mexican culture for children, first generation, Americans and such who don't speak fluent Spanish. Mm -hmm. And it was always something that stuck with me. And it Mm -hmm. always made me want to, because it definitely, that transition definitely happened of like, Spanish being my dominant language to English. English. I mean, it just right. happens. We are in American school. You know, once I started school and had friends and all that, like, you know, it just became my dominant language. Mm. And my parents never really made it a point to um, force the Spanish on us, I guess, because they just didn't want to be those type of parents. It, but it wasn't for the whole, oh, we have to assimilate. We have right. to assimilate. Right. No, it wasn't because of that. It was definitely, and that definitely caused a lot of, turmoil within me and my identity and figuring yeah. out who I was as a first generation Mexican American because it's just like, well, 
well, that's the price that we all have to pay though, exactly. being called, you know, being ridiculed or being made fun of because our Spanish isn't perfect. Well, I mean, well, it's either, it's either like being ridiculed and I'm not going to, uh, black explain, but you know, at least from what I've witnessed from my own daughter, it's like either, you know, being ridiculed for not speaking, you know, Spanish to a certain extent, extent, or like for her, since she's a black Latina being ridiculed for not being like black enough or whatever. And for her, she's, I mean, she gets away with a lot because she's cute, but for sure, there was a there was a lot of, you know, kind of why don't like when we went to Cuba to go, you know, visit her her dad's side of the family. They were like, why don't you speak? They were legitimately confused as to why she didn't speak Spanish. And mm -hmm. that's a real thing, is I mean, for us, mm -hmm. I mean, my first language was Spanish. Mm -hmm. I learned Spanish. I can. So was speak hers. It. Yeah, that's the crazy yeah. thing. Was so was hers, and then so it just like, died. Yeah, so like my brother, he is now facing that because he does his Spanish is horrifying. Like I, I think I've played also in a bit of like making fun of. Have him. you made fun of him? I have. You know that I'm is sorry. so hard. Like when I was I a teacher, like there was I had this student. She was Argentina, and she Argentina. I mean Argentine. <laughs> sorry, she was Argentine, and she would never speak Spanish in my class. I was like, why don't you speak Spanish in my class? And she's like, because my family always ridicules me when I do. Aww. And she would not speak Spanish. Literally, and I'm like, well, that's what it is. Boo, you're going to have to speak Spanish because yeah. you're going to literally fail this class if you don't. <laughs> so let's get over that. You can go back to not, feeling that way It's later. not coming from a place of like no, I know. malice. You yeah. know, it's a little poking fun, like really for you just said, like Cinco Treinta, you know, mm. like really. You know? I do hate Cinco Treinta so Cinco Treinta or Cinco Cientos. Oh, like man. Cinco Cientos. I like Selena or Christina where she said Diez y Cuatro. Yes, you are speaking German. That would be correct. I hear what you're saying, but it is true. Well, for and me, with it, I whatever. also feel so. I had this interest related. I mean, like related. Uh, I had this interesting moment in Thanksgiving where I was just sitting back, and it was the most thing. It was the best Thanksgiving I ever had in my life. Okay. Um, I was just sitting back and like there was a big group of friends and everyone was chatting and it was great conversation. And the one thing that I really took away was there's no one making little jabs to get under anyone's skin. Mm. And that is exactly what you said you're doing to your brother intentionally. To get under his skin? About the way he speaks About Spanish. Speaks Spanish. Yeah. All right, so marinating. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can speak kind of like for your brother's mm -hmm. kind of aside because I'm growing up, I didn't never wanted to speak Spanish because of that reason. Mm -hmm. And now I really wish that I practiced more because I like, I'd never felt accepted being like here with my American friends or like where I went to school, there was a lot of white people. So being with them, I never felt like I fit in. And then being in Mexico with my with my cousins, like I didn't speak perfect Spanish, so they would make fun of me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel accepted then. And I feel like I can't even, like now, it's hard for me to express, like whenever I, like I can't really, um, what, how do I say? <laughs> this is like my exact point right now. I can't really like 
articulate what mm-hmm. I want to say, like all of my thoughts, because I can't say like, I feel confused. Like, how do I say it in English? How do I say it in Spanish? Mm-hmm. So all the time, I'm like, most of the time I'm quiet, because I'm trying to like, trying to catch up with my thoughts and trying mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. trying to um, differentiate differentiate the, yeah, which, the, which, the, the languages and so yeah. and then I don't feel like comfortable like I don't feel like my my English is 100% and I don't feel like my Spanish is 100%. That's but this interesting. Is, but this is That's interesting. But this is a struggle. I feel like it's a struggle for all. It is. Um, as, the, as a linguist, I can Mexican, tell you that is normal. Not Mexican. Anyone. Well, that, yes. If, yes. if you're bilingual in general, it's just a lot of, There's a lot of translations going on. Yeah. going on in your head because it's like, yeah. oh, well, I'm thinking in Spanish, but I want to mm. say it in English, but, yeah. you know, or whatever. Vice versa. But I definitely connect with you on that. And I think that's every, at least first generation, second generation American uh, child's struggle. Is that finding that identity of of where you belong. Because personally, it's always happened with me too. Like always. I have always felt that I didn't feel basically. But here's the thing, like who gets to determine like what is better? So like, I don't, I don't know who gets to kind of own the culture. You know what I mean? And this will get into the cultural appropriation question. Oh yeah. Neither from here nor from there. Yeah. But like, who gets to own the culture? Like, does Latin America get to own the culture? Does the Spain get to own the culture? Does the United States get to own it? Like, who gets to own it? Because there is that question of like here and there. And the thing is, is it doesn't just happen with language. Like for mm-hmm. me, when um, when I was growing up, and I've spoken about this before. You know, I remember getting absolutely ostracized by my family because I was unblack enough for them. Mm. And I was like, well, like, how what do I get black? Like, what? Defined? Right. Yeah. Like, how yeah. do I, this? Okay. So, how am I supposed to speak? How am I supposed to act? How am I supposed to dress? That's, you know, like, what is blackness? You know, what does that look like? How do I get me some blackness? You know what I mean? Like, I'm literally black. There's no more that I can There's do exactly. to, to be black. And so, when it comes to being, a anybody I think that there is this coding and this 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 um like Lenny said this it's not only parental coding but I think there's cultural coding of what x looks like Mm -hmm. this is what this looks like and if you fall outside of that then you're otherized for Mm -hmm. it and the and the thing is is that we don't we don't always culture is so complex though that's one thing I learned in my most recent um, graduate class of literally multicultural education. Like, you can't really define it. No, and it's always been a fine. It's box. always been a fine by the colonizer anyway. Exactly. Or as a reaction to colonization, mm-hmm. it has never been just like in its own definition. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's not true. Cuba has done a good job of creating their own version of who they are mm-hmm. based on who they are and who they how they're defining themselves. But that has not served Cuba well. Because they've been isolated. They've been isolated. Mm-hmm. And isolation has helped to create Cubanidad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's helped to create this very strong Cuban identity. Mm-hmm. And they don't really consider themselves like anyone else, if, uh, the folks on the island anyway. Again, I'm not trying to black explain. This is just my experience with Cuban culture. and um, But Cubanidad is a thing. Well, it's like, Mexi- like Mexicanos. 
But is there a such thing as Mexicanidad? Do people anywhere, call it that? Anywhere I go, especially because I visit more Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And my Guatemalan like family, I love them and everything. But they always tell us, like, man, we envy like the Mexicanos, the Mexicano like the pride of mm. being Me- like Mexicano. Yeah. That's something, you know. But that's so problematic because who was got to be called who who gets who to, be to be called Mexican be- mm-hmm. is very specific according to your DNA and your color. You it know, is. It is very, you know, very, from, very, a, it from an academic standpoint yes. of like so so the audience knows I'm not just opining from my own experience. I'm an academic of Latin American culture. And one of the problems in Latino culture is, you know, identifying who gets to be Latino based on color of skin oh, and and in level of indigenous mm-hmm. heritage. I have found that Guatemaltecos or people from Guatemala, people from Honduras, people from um, Nicaragua are very proud of their their Black culture that is that is there and their indigenous cultures that are embedded in the heritage mm-hmm. and that's far more prominent there than in, in, in Mexico. Mexico because mm-hmm. there is. Uh, black Mexicans yeah. who are not recognized. Who are well, they're just recognized in well, 2015. Now. Right. Well, but that's what I'm 2015. saying. 2015. 2015. Yes. Let's, yeah. How long Hundreds ago? Years, how long ago? Yes. Yes. Then, mm-hmm. You know, like Guatemala, for example, love making money off of, oh, this is old Mayan ruins and everything. Uh-huh. But then you have, you know, the poor old... Mayan people getting their or descendants getting their land stolen mm-hmm. or being put, you know, in what we would call small little like I guess ghettos um, near the cliffs, you know, makeshift mm-hmm. homes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're putting and there's like, oh, I, I viene el indio. Like, no, you can't really, you know, mm-hmm. profit off of them and say that you're very proud of your indigenous roots when you're also kind of. D- like no, no, no. But Brazil has done the same thing. Brazil has done being the same very thing. proud of their black oh, heritage, oh. but then also they still try to too. get a job at right. a high level, being a, a dark complected person in Brazil, and and see how well that goes Mexico for you. Mexico does it too. <clears throat> Alex has spoken about how in Venezuela they do it too. It's like they hide them away. I forget what indigenous group she was speaking about, but yeah, it's very. I mean, realistically, in Latin America, the only folks who are like. The only countries that really laud their African heritage are like Honduras and um, and Cuba and Puerto Rico and even I mean, we all know Dominican oh. Republic has, oh, has hella large. problems with their blackness <laughs> and then but with indigenous <laughs> cultures like Mexico is like yay we're mestizo and all of that but. The minute Yaritza, that that actress, exactly. Obama, the they were, when she came up and she was like, "Oh, I'm so excited!" and all this, all the like Mexican elite were yeah, like, "I yeah. esta India," yeah, and blah blah yeah, blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah, we're talking mad shit yeah, about her, yeah. which is ridiculous. So, this is a really good time to segue into uh, appreciation of the culture versus appropriation of the culture. Um, I mean, here's the thing. How do we ask for people to appreciate our respective cultures mm-hmm. when we're not even respecting right. the full, the fullness of that culture? And then we get pissed off when people appropriate the culture. So like, you know, Dia de los Muertos is a fantastic example. <laughs> exactly. Like people are like, 
oh, I'm gonna put on the little mask, I'm gonna paint my face and like Cantrina, you know, they have no idea the meaning of yeah. like Cantrina, but they'll paint their faces and all of that. And the thing with Dia de los Muertos, as the Mexican representatives of the tables can say, mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of very specific indigenous um, um, uh, symbols that are involved in Dia de los Muertos, which is why it looks different in Mexico than it does in other places in Latin America. But, but again, when you have somebody who's indigenous, who's like on the come up, then people have issues with, you know, with her being too indigenous to represent Mexico. What the hell? Like, what is that? Like, are Mexicans appropriating Dia de los Muertos? Ooh. That's deep. That's a, yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I personally feel like it made it made me question it, obviously, as, you know, not as silly as it sounds, but like Coco put, you know, Dia de los Muertos in the forefront of like everybody's mind. And I feel like now it's just more prevalent. Like this year, mm -hmm. there was a lot more uh, Dia de los Muertos celebrations around the city, I felt. Um, so it's just more of um, just on everybody's mind like this. Oh, this is a thing that, you know, happens. But I personally, I mean, in my family, we've never celebrated it no like I've, that's yeah. nothing that we've we've ever this is oh, our first really? this is the first year mm -hmm. that we've actually done an altar and it's the first year that i've actually had photographs of my grandparents mm. i till this is the first year that i was able to meet my uh, great grandfather who was a huge key role figure for my mother and sorry i'm getting a little but mm -hmm. this is the first year that we've actually done it and it's because of Coco, which is a appropriation, I guess, because I mean Disney. Is it? Disney tried to go ahead and uh, trademark Dia de los Muertos. What? They tried to trademark Dia de los Muertos. How is Disney <laughs> yes. gonna trademark Dia they de los tried Muertos? It. They tried. Kid, it, girl. They tried. Are you kidding me right tried. now? But thank you, Disney, for making you know Coco because it really was a beautiful experience. But it wasn't. Disney I don't think who made it, it, never, it was no. Coco. Pixar. I mean, uh, Pixar. Pixar. that made it, right? No, Coco. Oh, I don't know. No, yeah, no. but there it's it was Pixar. a Mexican director. It's Pixar. Pixar. No, yeah, it was somebody. No, I'm not sure. He was a co-director. Well, the production he was company. A, yeah. I don't know. He was a co-director. He wasn't. Um, I forgot his his name. It's they a young probably guy. just brought him yeah. on because there was a big thing why he couldn't win the the Oscar. Um, he had to share it with the director because he was a co I think he was a co-writer or co-director. Oh, but oh, I Adrian mean, Molina. Yes, the mm. only. The only other time I had ever discussed Dia de los Muertos or done anything for it was actually for a high school project. And I don't remember mm -hmm. what it was, but we literally, it was probably Spanish class. We literally had to make altars mm -hmm. for our loved ones and our mm -hmm. deceased. So I was able and to that's make the whole one. Thing. I was able to make one for my grandfather. But yeah, it's not something, even in. Mexico and my family in Mexico. It's not something that they do. Okay. Well, but the, but the, we, when I taught Spanish as well, I mean, I definitely had kids, everyone. I was explaining just Dia de los Santos, like day, mm -hmm. all saints day, mm -hmm. you know, and explaining like what it was and how 
de los, de los Muertos came to be. And yeah, I had a lot of Latino students who were like, you know, I've always been really interested in this, but mm -hmm. my family doesn't so do good. it. And so, you know, and of course, then we always had to have permission from the families to do anything about it. But for sure, like as a black woman, I was exposing uh, Latino students to Dia de los Muertos who were, who were maybe from Mexico or who were first generation Americans. Um, and I, and I remember feeling some sort of way about it, like having to be very, um, respectful of the culture to come at it from an academic perspective, you know, so that I wasn't like, you know, trying to explain everything about it. So I came from a, you guys research and tell me what you guys find, you know, and so that I'm not teaching you right. about this, but you're teaching you about this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, but there are a lot of, uh, you know, Spanish teachers who bring Dia de los Muertos to the classroom and then, and not all of them are Latino, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I wonder where that line really is between cultural appropriation and appreciation no, I definitely think it's blurred. I I don't know. I'm really lost about it. I personally am lost about it. I just know when I feel offended and when mm -hmm. I don't. Well, like if I feel offended. I don't know why, but I'm mad. Like, I don't know why. Like, if I see, uh, I'm sorry, Lenny, if I see a white girl walking around with a traditional Mexican blouse, I'm just like, why are you wearing this? Like, why are you. Right now, it's really popular. The other, like a summer or two ago, I went to DSW and I remember seeing a lot of like sandals that were influenced by like Mexican huarachas. Mm -hmm. And like every person that I saw pick them up was a white girl. And I was just like, but it just made me feel a certain way. But like how and the companies we... that are producing these, these designs just... are not, you know, mm -hmm. are not, not even Latin or... Mexican. My thing, I guess for me, I'm just wondering how much we're attaching ownership of a part of the culture because of our own disenfranchisement from the culture. Right. Or our own separation from the culture. Because being we would make in the fun United of States. wearing huaraches. Like mm -hmm. if you showed up to school wearing, you know, huaraches, <laughs> they'd be like, oh my God, what are those sandals? Mm -hmm. Or trenzas. They'd yeah. be like, hold up. Now you go to Coachella. And but see, that, that was never me, though. Mm -hmm. I literally wore ribbon in my hair in mm -hmm. September all the time in middle school and gave two shits what anybody thought. I was mm -hmm. a kid in the library reading up on Mexican culture and history and everything, and I never cared. I was always well, You were very, trying to reclaim the culture. Because I'm always, because again... I always grew up with that. Where do I belong? Mm -hmm. I always knew I felt more Mexican, though. Mm -hmm. I always identified. Well, the U.S. will with... remind you you're Mexican. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we always. But even ask. if now, as an adult and all that, and being aware, like I would definitely mm -hmm. all day, every day, just. Choose. I know that I have a problem with people like choosing, like like cherry picking what they like about mm, my culture yes like i don't like you speaking spanish but i like let me have a fiesta themed party oh yeah, yeah. and let me put mile. like some let me dress up as a piñata yeah. for halloween that's, right. that's the thing is like let me wear the culture but mm -hmm. then i'm gonna vote against your right. culture's interests you can't be an ally then no 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 if you're gonna take it you're gonna have to take all of us mm -hmm. the thing is is as an as an ally i can't fathom dressing up as a piñata 
Like, I just am like, why would I wear the culture? The culture is not something you wear as a as a day. It's like Trevor Noah said this, and I love that he was saying how there needs to be a um, uh, um, uh, the, a penalty for people who wear blackface, where their penalty is that they wear blackface like all year long, and they actually have to like live as a black person with all of it, like get a loan as a black person, hail a cab as a black person. I was just laughing my butt off because I was like, exactly. No, you don't just get to do it one day out of the year. You gotta do it all the time. No, we'll say that for me, because I do speak fluent Spanish and I get really annoyed with the question, well, why do you speak Spanish? Now I'll just say, I mean, my super secret is I'll just say, oh, I'm, I'm Panamanian or I'll say, oh, I'm Cuban <laughs> or whatever. Just to remind people that a Spanish speak, a Spanish speaker doesn't have a hue. Yeah. Like you exactly. can be a Spanish speaker and be blonde or you can be dark complected with, exactly. you know, with dreads and you can still be a Spanish speaker. Spanish is not the culture, um, which is part of the problem. I think, you know, people equating the ability to speak Spanish with the culture and then then Spanish being a, a culture that belongs to, to a particular group. Like it's a language mm-hmm. that would be like saying, oh, you speak English, therefore you're white mm-hmm. or you're English, therefore you're English or you're American or whatever. But that also comes back to the thing. And I'm sure that I'm well, not sure, but I'm, well, I'm sure that you've had this come up before where, oh, why do you speak so white? Like, when did it become speaking English properly become a white White thing? No, oh, no. The thing is, oh, you're so articulate. I'm like, I am a highly educated woman. You don't graduate from university and with a bachelor's and a master's degree speaking like shit. Maybe if you're a football player, but like, (laughs) or an athlete or somehow. But, you know, typically you kind of learn how to construct sentences in the 20 years of education that you get, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a trip to me that it is a sign to like speaking well means that you're how somehow white exactly. speaking broken right. English means that you're an immigrant. And then, you know, speaking a poor form of English means that you're somehow on the spectrum of blackness, mm-hmm. like broken is Latin and poor is black and proper as white. When did that when ever happen? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm going to say when the British landed, but <laughs> what do I know? I'm the only white girl. <laughs> I mean, the British did a great job of colonizing. They were really great at colonizing everywhere. I mean, mm. if we look at Nigeria, for example, as an, as an example, how many white Nigerians have you ever met? Like zero, right? Mm. And, and that was under colonist rule for how long, for, you know, for a long time, there was never any miscegenation or mixing of the races there. So the Brits were not about that life. They weren't about mixing. They're like, this is our way. You all are underlings. You all are chattel, you know, like you're going to, you are, you're less than Mm -hmm. we are the standard. Literally describing society that was built by white men. Yes, Which but in the United in. States, it wasn't all that. I mean, yes, it was. It was you under literally British described the way the United States is ran right now. Well, yes, right now, yeah. the way society not. functions, like that's literally what you described. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like this so is this is what history just. 
No, I get it. I mean, repeating. it's always history repeating. There's no, never anything new. But the crazy thing is that the Texas, which is where we all are, isn't it wasn't British. So somehow we have acquired that mentality. We've acquired that mentality, but Texas was not British. Texas was never British. So there's yes, the, the I mean, United States of America was originally from British colonies. No, only part of the United States of America was originally British. <laughs> the entire Southwest was never British, ever. Fine. Spanish, Let French. phrase that. Yeah, Spanish, French, and then American. The United it was States never... broke off from Britain. Part of the United States. The beginning, the cradle, the, the inception, the rest was just bought or stolen. Yes, and the rest was never English. My point is that it was but never English. It, Why are we acting like English people? It was never English. Texas was never English. Roots. California was never English. Arizona was never it English. It doesn't matter. The colonizer won. No, the colonizer lost. Well, they won initially, then they lost, and then the people who were the colonizers became the runners of the stuff because it depends on where you are anyway how about that <laughs> it depends on where you are. i hear what you're saying but i'm just saying that there's no reason for the entire southwest to act like british colonizers when it was never colonized by the british and yet somehow we act that way because it has to assimilate to its Mothership-ish, if you. It was never under my. Okay, we're gonna move on. <laughs> all right, so it was never. Look, so for all of you geography people out there, or those who are still learning, <laughs> the Southwest was never under British rule. It was always under Spanish rule. It went from Spanish rule to American rule. It skipped the whole British phase. It was only the East Coast that had the British phase. The middle of the country, like Missouri and Louisiana, was French. And we had some French over here as well, but we never had the British shit. We never had it. We never had it. So there's no reason for us to act this way. It's an excuse. All right, let's move on. So my question is how much of our reactions to cultural appropriation is actually a shadow reaction? So like, for example, each of us has said how we felt in one way, shape or form ostracized by being just trying to live our lives and being who we are. And then we get pissed off when people like appropriate the culture in one way, shape or form. Do you think you'd be as pissed if you never had that same struggle, like just finding your own space to be who you are? Good question. So if I never had to go with like explaining why I don't look white, Mm -hmm. in the United States, would I be okay partaking in the Latino culture, basically? Is that what it is? Or others participating or others in, in my Like, culture. when you, wait, in Guatemala, are people mad when people... So you're basically saying if, like, acceptance was a thing everywhere, then, like, you wouldn't be so mad. I get what you're saying. I, I think so. I think it would be easier because there wouldn't be that hostile, like... Oh well, you pick and choose what mm -hmm. part of my culture you like, mm -hmm. so you don't get to have or appreciate any of it. Mm -hmm. Like, don't don't say that you know you love Mexican food, but 
Don't order in Spanish. Uh, that or <laughs> not speak Spanish, which is what happened with with Sandra's. Or you're friend, totally or okay, friend, or no. turning a blind eye to what's happening at the border and ICE mm. detention centers. You get what I'm saying? So I get what you're saying. I think it would definitely be more like we maybe we would view it more as oh they have a right to appreciate our culture and thank you for loving my culture so much. If it was like they accepted us as a whole, like everything we come along mm -hmm. with or everything that comes with our culture and being who we are but because we we have this we face discrimination our whole lives and being ostracized like you said i think it it's just natural for us to be like oh well you don't really No, you don't get that. You don't really accept You don't get barbacoa tacos. Exactly. You get ground beef tacos. <laughs> You're not going to get barbacoa crispy tacos shells. today. Okay. You're going to get crispy <laughs> shells. You're not going to get queso, fre queso fresca. You ain't getting any of that. You're going to get yellow cheese, yellow crispy cheese. shell, yes. ground beef. The barbacoa is reserved for people who get it. Exactly. <laughs> I think I would be less inclined to be like, oh. Because no. I've never been told I'm appropriating anyone's culture. I mean, I'm not Latina, but if I were to show up here and. But you've kind of been accepted into the. Have Latin I been received? <laughs> never, never once since the day I met you have I ever felt offended that you speak Spanish. Well, I don't think anyone or, should feel. Or that you agree, like you, you know, you're so in touch with. I mean, your child is half. You know. But if I didn't have a child, would I still be accepted? Would I, would I have street credit? I think cred? so. I, think I, think <laughs> I don't know, but then you're picking and choosing who you're going to accept. But exactly. Okay, but <laughs> no, it's just a vicious circle about right. picking and choosing or whatever. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you have your American culture, although whatever the hell that is. What is American um, culture? What, what if we say but that you're accepted to? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're accepted too, lady. You're accepted. Like, <laughs> America's supposed to be like this melting pot of everything, America's right? literally because not a melting pot. It is. Because this is where all the refugees of all over the world went. But the United uh, States. Uh, me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Wait. Hold on. It's where all the white refugees have been accepted. Mm. Brown refugees are only accepted. No, brown refugees have aren't never accepted. Been accepted. Brown ref brown people get to arrive in boats mm. or as in labor. White people came in boats. Suckle? Yeah, everyone came always airplanes. Yeah, but y'all were on the part of the y'all were in the nice part of the boat where people were chilling and drinking and stuff. But Titanic sunk. Well, oh they God. don't count because they never arrived, <laughs> they right? Made, okay, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Made to get on that boat. <laughs> like what? brown people saying. were only allowed to come in chains or to walk across as oh. labor. That is it. And now we're seeing how that looks right exactly right now. Go on. <laughs> no, I'm just saying everyone picks and chooses what they find offensive, what they don't find offensive, and then someone's going to get their panties ruffled or feathers <laughs> ruffled, whatever you want to say, and then they're like, oh, well, you're appropriating this, or I don't accept you doing this. But it's all the same bullshit. It's just you being triggered about some bullshit that you, you're caught up in. And you gotta handle yourself, like yeah. But yeah, you but, yourself have been pro you yourself have been like that's bullshit that someone did X, Y, or Z or whatever. When it was about like black culture or Latin culture, because well, you yeah, know what wrong because, looks like. Well, I know what wrong looks like, and until you know, you don't know. Like right. I didn't even know pinatas were a Mexican like heritage cultural thing until just now. Yeah. I'm like, what? You're 
from California. How did you not? I'm know like, that's just the thing. You stuff candy into at a kid's party and you beat the shit out. <laughs> I've always known it comes from like Latin, whatever, like culture, right? But you like, just didn't know it was Mexican. But like, for her to say someone dresses up as a piano, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't mind beating that person with a stick. It's a cool costume. Like, how would I know it would offend someone? Mm. Like, until someone knows, like, that's something silly to me, you know? Like, how are you going to take something that kids have at a party that they literally beat with a stick? Get the candy out of, and then someone was like, "Hey, let me turn that. That would be a nice Halloween costume." And someone get pissed off about it. Now the blackface thing, I get right. Mm -hmm. The dressing up as Pocahontas and all that, I get Pocahontas. Yeah, Pocahontas. Pocahontas. It's what I always called her growing up. Don't do that. Anyways, (laughs) um, fine. Pocahontas, whatever. Um, I get it. But but those are more subtle things, and I think that when you get that, like I don't know, like I think if you dressed up as like a Trump pinata and we got to beat you, I don't think anyone would be mad about that. So it's like, <laughs> but but if you do that same thing and you go to a white conservative area that like pro Trump people, like I know they exist. Like if you go to those people and you have that same thing, they're gonna have the same adverse reaction because you're they're taking it and they're attaching whatever association they have with that but, symbolism. But that's because of power though. Like like the I think all of this I'm comes down to all, like it's the same shit. Well no, I think it all comes all down about to, oppression. It comes down to about, power and oppression. Exactly. When you when you have had power for so long, people who have been oppressed for so long and now are coming into an, their own sense of power. It's not even the same power, but their own sense of power, like, look, you try taking everything away from mm-hmm. me. And now this is mine. You don't get to take this because when you were taking stuff, you were irresponsible with it. You tried to erase it. You right. tried to make it yours, and it is not. This is ours. Well, so, and, no, right? No, and suddenly, like, you know, we've become too overly sensitive, or we've become too easily offended. Mm-hmm. It's only that because it makes people uncomfortable that we're speaking out against it. Mm. That's when it becomes, no, you're, you're just being too over, overly offensive. Am I really though? Just because now I've started to speak up about it and you mm. become mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I think the question yeah. becomes what happens now? Like, okay, you're saying this, let's, let's take a little history course and a little walk in my shoes for a little while. And let's see if that's how you still feel. I think the problem becomes when the conversation stops there where it's like, you pissed me off and it's like, you're stupid. Why? And everyone's like, bye. And that's it. That's the end of it. There is no conversation. (laughs) No. There is none. And I just recently had one, and I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, with one of my Facebook friends who is um, a Trump supporter, and we were talking about what's going on um, at the border with the ICE detention centers and Mm -hmm. what's happening with the people there and how they're being treated and all that. And so just immigration in general, like if you sit down and you have a conversation, there is more understanding, you know? We actually spoke to each other versus just you know yelling and just fighting and all that and you know we came to a deeper understanding and Mm -hmm. i feel that that's what's lacking that missing that connection Mm because at the end of the day we're all human and we all want the same things we all 
seek connection. We all seek, some I guess, some form of some form of validation. Who doesn't seek Who doesn't seek connection? There's, like, there's something. There, no, we're, we're not talking about like the sick people, mm -hmm. the like people who cannot function in society. And even if you are a psychopath, I mean, let's say that you are a psychopath and you don't. What makes you a psychopath? Something is is broken exactly. in the wiring to what not happened? want that. Yeah. Every single person wants to be loved, seen, and honored. Exactly. Respected. Just loved, seen, and heard. Exactly. The honor and the respect that comes way later because maybe that's something that they're working on. But, like, here's what I know for sure. Like, one thing that I, I know from having become, been, from my years now as a yogi, is that I'm slower to, re to react to the things that I see. So, like, before, if someone were in blackface, you know, I might be like, what are you, you know, have this huge giant reaction. And now I might say, okay, so what were you thinking with that? You know, just lead with the question. Yeah. Instead of like leading with the reaction of WTF, like mm. what the hell? And I may have that reaction, but I'm less likely to confront the person with that reaction. It's true. Lenny's giving me faces like that's not true. It is true. I'm more likely to have my WTF with someone else and not with that person. I true. You know, to like actually, you know, try to digest what I'm seeing. However, I am far more likely to actually talk to the person and say, what were you thinking when you wrote this? And th this happened recently when someone made a really disparaging comment, salute, made a really disparaging comment about teachers, who is a really good friend of mine. And I said, you know, I'm a teacher. <laughs> you know, like when you say that about teachers, you're talking about me. When you say that about teachers, you're talking about Lenny. You know, you're talking about Amelia. You're talking about people you know and you care about. Mm. That's that's not okay. And and she said, well, we'll have to agree to disagree. And I said, we will never agree to disagree on this. Mm -hmm. And I still love you. Like it, the thing is, it's like it, it's not like it's a deal breaker. It's just like this is not okay. I don't agree with it, and I'm gonna let you know. And we're going to move on. The old version of Tamika would have been, oh, okay, let me go on and put that in my head. And I'm going to use that later, you know, next time you say some crazy-ish. But now I'm just like, whatever. Like, that's just, that's, that's her opinion. That's her experience. And whatever. Everybody gets to have their opinion and their experience. I think that that is definitely the work uh, of the yogi and, and, like, the work of just, it's my own work. So what I'll say and, and what I was alluding to earlier is that I think that we're far more likely to respond with a compassionate response when we've done our own work regarding our own tapes and our own stories. Like I now today would have a very different reaction to my family saying things like, oh, you speak black or white or whatever. Or to you know people who say I speak white or whatever, I would have a very different reaction today because I would say something like, "Oh, what does white sound like?" Just a question, like, "What does white sound like for you?" Or like the people who said, 
oh, well, you're different. You're not like other black people. Um, I mean, look, you speak multiple languages. And, I'm like, and I'll be like, no, I'm actually like a lot of black people. I'm actually not unique in that regard at all. Intelligence and intellectualism is something that's not unique to me. Or exclusive. And exclusive to, to right. white people. You know, like it's actually something that is spread across lots of people. Yeah, but that's also just... Being 40 plus wiser and knowing how to advocate for you and your beliefs. It's true, but I know a lot of folks who are older and who go with shit on people. Yeah, but doesn't mean that they know how to advocate. It's true. It's true. but, But I would say that most people have not done the work. Well, no. I always say most people have not done the work and aren't even aware that the work yeah. needs to be done. It's easier to blame other people and put the work on other people. That's the thing. That's the thing is this like, I'm not willing to do my work to be okay with ignorance. That's where projection comes in. Right. So instead, I'm going to make you fix yourself. It's like, no, you fix yourself. So coming back to the thing about culture appropriation and how calling out us Latinos doing it to indigenous people, is that us projecting when we call out white people for culturally Mm. appropriating our stuff? Well, I mean, shit rolls downhill. <laughs> shit rolls downhill. And, and every oppressed you group know what it looks somebody like, else. Right. You yeah. have an example to know what you agree and don't agree with. Like, it's just same shit, different toilet. Like, Wait, I'm saying. But do white people... Okay. Lenny. Lenny is representing all Lenny white people today. Lenny's straightened up my chair. Because we've used a lot of the... Oh, you know, the white girl, white girl. How do you feel about when we put all of y'all in... Or like I'm doing it now in a certain way, or we say, "Oh, that's you're acting like a white girl right now." How do you feel about that? Like, I mean, what what? All, that's us doing it to you, you know. Everyone in the world does it, and it's this name, girl. This name, boy. This name, that. This. It's just. It's. I mean, in army terms, it's the way to dehumanize the quote unquote enemy. Mm. It's the reason why when you're sent to war, you call whatever country you're taking over their populist um, derogatory term. It's the same reason why um, Native Americans were basically taken out by pioneers and everyone else. It's the same reason why Japanese Americans were put in internment camps. Like, you know, like, you know, it's the same reason the Chinese were basically indentured servants to build the railroads. Yeah, but how you know, does it make you feel that, you know, where you're kind of being put in that box when you don't fit in that box? I mean, I'm white, but I mean, if I, I realize that there's, it's broad terms, like, and whenever someone's painting with broad strokes, not everyone's going to be classified with just that broad stroke. Like, literally, it's just my white on white ancestry that puts me into that stroke. But, I mean, realistically, you know, I'm very kind and humanistic and understanding. And so I fall outside those lines in the sense of, you know, like appropriation and all the other stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, but you've also done a lot of work. Well, yeah, because I'm involved like that. And I had a lot of shit to work through. The thing is, is that you yourself acknowledge, you know, we both acknowledge the coding of our families and our cultures and the the attempt at homogenization and the attempt at having us think a certain way. 
And the and we you've done a lot of work in that regard. Would you have said these same words ten years ago? Um, or fifteen years ago? I'm going to say I've evolved quite a bit <laughs> since when I lived in rural California, and I was only exposed to a certain way of thinking. But I mean, that's a, again a, a plug for travel and experiencing other cultures because you learn like how just rightfully stupid you are so you don't get offended anymore when people just well i'm white, white. so therefore i never got offended <laughs> <laughs> hashtag always winning <laughs> i stay winning no matter how bad it gets i'm still white <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, Hitler wouldn't have killed me. <laughs> it's true. It's You're true. blonde and blue-eyed. You would have been eyed. You would have been eyed. All I had to do is hide my sexuality. I'm golden. <laughs> well, I mean, Which Dietrich... most people, most in the regime were <laughs> hiding. Well, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was also blonde and blue-eyed, and he was still marched out naked and, and shot. So, you know, um, RIP to one of the heroes of the Holocaust. Um, but, like, um, yeah, I, I really feel like all of the reactions that we have are really a result of the lack of our own work. You know, I was just, I just spent a week with Judith Hanson Lasseter, who's like one of the most brilliant yogis ever. Um, and um, she, you know, was, we were all talking about how like, um, separation is, is the true great evil and how, you know, when we're, when we're separate from one another, you know, that's where all the problems kind of happen. And, and especially, and then I had this huge epiphany that the real problem is that we're separate. We're not only separate from one another, but we're also separated from our own true nature. We're separated from nature, outside nature. We're separated from our creativity. Um, and, 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 you know, those things being separated from our, our, our true selves, nature, creativity, and other people create this isolation and, and the isolation is like, it's of our own choosing oftentimes, because we can all choose to go out and, and connect, right? But sometimes we're like choosing to isolate. And I think that the only way that we evolve is through connection. Mm -hmm. You know, the only way that I could have, I've learned something from each of you. You know, I've learned something from, from, Lenny's <laughs> shaking her head no. I've learned something from each of you. I've learned how someone who is white and privileged and a former Republican can grow, can experience lack For of For the privilege. record, I've always been an independent. She's a liar. Um, <laughs> her independent ass has voted for Republicans. <sighs> Before she moved in Houston, and her parents would be distraught to know <laughs> that she hadn't vote for them, voted for them. They since. will not. <laughs> if they listen to this lies. podcast, they will know. I'm not. No, saying I don't care if they know that I'm a de Democrat or whatever. But like, <laughs> always been independent. I just vote. Uh, can we ever say, can we even even say when we've always been whatever because part of that has been the the coding that our parents have given us. All right, from the start when I could vote. It's still our coding. It's still our coding or it's what our culture says beginning. to say. Can you imagine if I were to try to vote Republican as a black queer woman like you have options. I would lose most of my friends. 
I mean, technically, voting is a personal thing. You don't have to just broadcast. It's it. true. And I wouldn't vote Republican. I'm here to come out and say I would not vote Republican because I am a black queer woman and I have Latino people in my life who are very dear to me and I will never, ever vote <laughs> against the the good, the, the bienestar. What is that in English? I can't even remember. Minority? No, um, bienestar. The well-being. The, the well-being. The well-being. <laughs> I will never, ever vote against the well-being of Latino minority people, Period. 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 With a T. T. <laughs> so, unless Republicans get their shit together, mm. and it's going to be a long time, mm. I can't get with you. I cannot get with you. No. And I did say with you, because I'm now, wine <laughs> has <laughs> encouraged me to code switch. All right. Last topic is about this whole, the coding of language. So, we have talked about all these things, and briefly, just briefly... You know, we, we've said Latino a lot because we are all Spanish speakers except for Lenny, who's our lone monolingual. <laughs> Don't Rep- knock it till you try it. <laughs> Go ahead, get you a good translator like I did. I will, Put a say, ring on it. I will say that I never say Latino. Like, I don't say Latino in English. I always say Latino as a Spanish word. So if I were writing, it mm. would be in italics. Latinx. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so it's definitely coded language. This is an argument within Latin culture. Um, and so it's like the X have, Games? It's like, it is like the <laughs> X Games. It's like, who will survive? <laughs> so I've actually never been corrected to say Latinx. I never have said Latinx. Well, how, what do you say? Do you say Latino or do you say Latino? I say Latino. Well, it's in Spanish. English. Well, I, I always well I always make it a point and this is just me if like California that sounds that sounds weird to me it's California mm. Los Angeles mm. it's in Spanish yeah and San Antonio San Antonio El Paso yeah so mm. if it's in Spanish so you don't say El Paso no no <laughs> Taco. But okay do you say, hold but, up do you say Amarillo I was just about to ask the same question do you say Amarillo or do you say Amarillo it's California <laughs> and the cesspool of California What's the cesspool? Ca- hey, stop yeah. talking crap about LA. <laughs> <laughs> stop talking crap about it. Yeah. I am a NorCal person. I'm a so I'm a SoCal person. My SoCal mi gente is the SoCal. No, I'm with you. Don't ignore her. She's from the place where there aren't like beaches and water you can actually walk into. Okay, Bodega Bay, very beautiful, and you just look at. It. You can't actually <laughs> walk into the water. What is the point of having a beach if you can't actually put your foot in there? You will freeze. It's not, it like, no, it's not like Corpus. It definitely no, you creates never... a lot of bitterness, obviously. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, you're so pretty. And then you oh, you're like, oh. and then you get close and you're like, oh, it's ice. It's ice. What the hell? That's why Northern that's why Northern Californians are far more likely to be bitter ass Republicans. <laughs> they, they don't understand the color. They don't get the color. They don't understand. No, no, no. No, yeah, yeah. No, 
de frío, de la idea. So do you guys say like, Latin, Latinx or what? I don't, never in my life. And I don't think never. I'll ever adopt it. I mean, it's just Latinos. Yeah. I mean. If you want to be inclusive of, because I get it. Like anytime that there's a man in a group, if here we're Latinas, yeah. I'll adopt you. <laughs> Latinas. Mm-hmm. If there was a man, we would become Latinos. Latinos. Mm-hmm. And I get, I get it because of the, you know, uh, what is it? The male dominance, the patriarchy, all that. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you can switch it. There's other language. You can say mi gente. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's, That's different. <laughs> that is a good, it's a good song. song. It's a good yeah. song. It was and my jam for I a while. I actually prefer what a... Well, um, okay. Real, that's, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. I own my whiteness. Oh, go ahead. Got it. Okay. You own your whiteness, boo. <laughs> um, I personally will never use Latino in mixed company. I will use Latinx going forward. This was a jump for me. Mm. I am a grammarian. I am a linguistics person. And I was like, this is stupid. I don't agree. Uh Latino. And then I realized that I was saying all of it in English and as a person, as a queer person in this country and seeing how, so I'm going to make the argument for Latinx. My argument for Latinx is um, if you look at trans people's invisibility Mm -hmm. in this country and the, and the everywhere. Yes. And the, and the purposeful erasure of trans identity, it for me is irresponsible for me to not use Latinx in mixed company. Mm. So like if I am just with friends and we like go back and forth in Spanish and English, then yeah, I will use Latinos mm-hmm. because I always say Latino with the accent in Spanish. I always do. But if I'm in mixed company, it's kind of like using black versus African American. If I'm in mixed company or if I'm in an academic conversation, then I'll use Latinx. Because Latinx is English and Latino, the the gender rules don't apply to English because English doesn't have assigned gender to adjectives. That's only in Mm -hmm. Spanish. So for me, how I've resolved it is if I'm having an English speaking conversation, I will use Latinx. And if I'm having a gendered conversation in Spanish, then I will use Latino. But I just, I just can't like there are too many people who have been killed or purposefully erased and i just know that we've our our lineages have all been there even yours being white people have tried to erase barbarians and vikings you know they couldn't but they but they, they deep lineage right? yeah i mean it is like, deep i told you i'm epic it is deep <laughs> and i mean but people did try i mean the holy roman empire tried their asses off to mm. to erase barbarians you know and to be like erase well me. erase your culture change your culture to be a part of the holy roman empire and it worked a little bit and it didn't work a little bit you know what i mean like it went up and down everyone over time has been you know, has been erased at one point or time. And I think that now is an opportunity for us to do something that is outside of ourselves and outside of our comfort zones that is embracing of gender non-conforming people. And then we are less likely to participate in the patriarchy because like 
part of the thing about like what we were saying earlier about is is our reaction to cultural appropriation just a reaction to our own shadow selves trying to resolve the issue of being eliminated or erased our own identities being erased i think that you know I don't know. This is just my opinion. And you guys tell me what you think. But I think part of the resistance to Latinx is feeling like something's being erased. And I don't think anything's being erased in that. Like, I think if anything, things are being expanded. Mm. I don't know. What do you guys think? I just personally have never used it just because I just don't feel comfortable using it yet. I mean, That's you know, you're definitely, but you're mm. definitely right in that sense because I mean, I'm definitely all for, um, you know, being an ally for trans people. So, you know, just thinking outside of my privilege, um, I definitely would, you know, consider, you know, adopting it or start starting to use it from now on. It's just, it'll be hard in the sense that it's just like, I've always being Spanish speaking and speaking, you know, about Latinos have always just been so used to saying mm-hmm. Latinos, you know. Because I think about it in a terms in Spanish. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. You're thinking about it in terms of English, English, but for me it's it's always been Spanish and I've never said Latin. I've never I've said, never said it like that know, in English. Like if I'm, if I'm speaking about my people, like my Latinos. people, um, Latinos, Latinas, mi gente, mi raza, you know. Paisanos, mm-hmm. you know, all these paisanos, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all this different, like, it's non I can pick and choose if I want to attach gender to it or not. It's all inclusive. Mm-hmm. I get it that, you know, especially a lot of uh, trans and even L- the whole LGBTQ community have been kind of shunned and put into like, oh, no, let's not look at them or let's not mm-hmm. talk about I get it. I understand. But when I'm speaking about my whole, I don't see that, I'm going to go ahead and say, mi gente, you are part of mi gente. I think even saying mi gente is still inclusive. It is. Mm. I think and it's super why, inclusive. And that's why I've been using it more now than... Latin. My people. Yeah, my yeah. people. Uh, <laughs> my peeps. <laughs> mm-hmm. My peeps. Mm-hmm. But I think mi gente is like more inclusive than so I Is that like, bro? No, it's like, my, like people, my people, my community, yeah. my family, my... Mm-hmm. my Bro is different because bro is still you would say that to your mom, yeah, yeah. Or you hear. Sandra, ¿qué dices? What do you say? Um, I agree. I'll, I'll try to use more. I but I I always said Latinos like in mm-hmm. Spanish the same way mm-hmm. that Adriana would say. Um, but now I if I am speaking English, I guess the correct way to say mm-hmm. it's latinx because that's or latinx because that's the english term um just so that i can include everybody and not exclude anybody but it also helps us like stay in one language right like yeah because yeah, for me you know like especially when i'm talking to latinos you know like right now like i'm, I'm thinking latinos because i'm thinking spanish yeah you know and i'm thinking spanglish actually but i think when it comes to the larger conversation and we're we're mixed where we have to i think that when we're in the larger a part of the larger conversation anything we can do to be inclusive is important we're not always having these conversations with people who think like 
us or who speak Spanish or whatever. And so when we don't, if you were to say, Mi gente, they don't know what that means. Like, Lenny was just like, what does yeah. that mean? Right? Like, we know it's a great song. We know it's J Balvin and Beyonce <laughs> even sang, sang some Spanish on it. But people still don't necessarily know what that means. Right. Like, so, which is crazy, actually, to think about. People were, like, singing that song and have no <laughs> idea what no it means. no curiosity of getting on Google. And like, like, just like, what does mi gente mean? in English. Yeah, but but there is a, an overall lack of curiosity yeah. in general, song. which is why we're in the state of affairs that we're in this country, you know? So a very unrelated question. How come it's Latin, Latino... Latinx, Latina, but you don't speak Latin. You speak Spanish. Because it is, because when you're looking at Latino, you're looking at Latin American culture. So you're looking at people who are from Latin America, which the question is also why do people in the United States feel like it's okay to call? ourselves Americans and people who are Rich. in Colombia are not supposed to call themselves oh, Colombian. That's my biggest point. Wait, but we're, but wasn't like Latin from like somewhere overseas? The thing is, is that Latins, Latins is something that like Latinos, um, Latinos actually retranslated -trans back from Spanish to English and started calling each other Latins. It actually comes from the Caribbean. A lot of people from the Caribbean refer to each other as Latins because they're like, because, because for it, especially in P Puerto Rico, where people will say Latins. And it's, it's a thing of like, of translating from English, from Spanish to English because Latinos technically means Latins. Mm -hmm. But the reason why Latinos are called Latinos is because they're because Latinos are from Latin America. It's a way of shortening the term Latin America or from the Latin from why the, is it the diaspora. Latin because it is because it's the it's it's the Latin part of America. Because, for example, the United States of America is not Latin. But I don't Canada like, is not Latin. I don't feel this is answering my question. Like, I, how does Latin and Spanish intertwine? Because well, Spanish, Spanish derives from, from Latin. Latin. But, I mean, there's a lot of Romance languages. Right, but they're not here. But that's why Brazil is a part of Latin Italy America. Is Italy. Brazil France is also is a part of Latin America. It's a part of the we Latin We already had diaspora. a Spain. So mm -hmm. we couldn't call it Spain. They already had a Europe. <laughs> it's wow. also called Hispanic America. It's also uh -huh. called Ibero-America or Iberian America. So it's all those things. It's Iberian America. It's but Hispanic why, America. But why did the word that is associated with another language become the chosen word? That's a good question. Because it is a backwards translation. It's a translation from... <sighs> the Spanish to English is the same weirdness of why the N word became the N word. The N word actually is derived from the Spanish word negro, which has no problem in Spanish context. Mm -hmm. But when it was translated into English, it became a problem. Yeah. And that's like, there are things that are translated from the Spanish or from the French or from the German into English. And the, the, the way that it's translated changes what it means. Mm -hmm. So, but, but that whole well, thing like of Latin. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I get it. You know, that's why you would say Latinx. And just for clarity, I can't wear a piñata for... <laughs> All right. If it's a Trump piñata, I mean, I'm here People for would it. be laughing. Sure. Right. I just wanted to... Because you are blonde. I have so. I've, I've played a Trump piñata before. Um, well, how would you first... feel about Lenny wearing a Trump piñata? I would be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it is approved. It is. I think it is about context. And then going back, just to touch on it again, maybe that is. Would y'all agree that's the difference between appropriation and appreciation? Mm. Like if there's malice tied into it, or ridicule tied or into ignorance. it, or ignorance tied into mm. it, then we can, you know, attest it to appropriation. But if it's really just to celebrate and ownership culture, and ownership. And, mm, mm. I think that's the real big thing is ownership. Like if you're like, no, I get to do whatever I want because mm-hmm. it's Halloween and because yeah. it's fun as opposed to, you know, uh, like the Frida costumes. So the Frida costumes are the crap out of me and I'm not even a Latina. I'm not even Mexican and I'm bothered big time by how many Frida costumes I see of non-Mexican women. First of all, but if someone's Why going to have be a Frida contest, anyway? if someone's going to have a Frida contest like they do in Houston different. every it's different. year, it's different. If anyone it's a can can try to for that contest. Just but Frida Kahlo yeah. would hate that yes. shit. Okay, she so that's what I'm saying. But the that's contest, also people. I really because she was against consumerism. Yes, so yes and like, exactly. So people are plastering her face on everything and selling it. She would hate it. She would hate it. Or those Frida vans that came out. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. As Sandra puts hers away. <laughs> and I know someone's like quietly putting her Frida bands on. But the no, thing is, is that, but I think that, no, 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 but I think that's her. I think, I mean, I don't know. That's no, her I've work. Heard, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like her face plastered on. But like, her work the is her just, face. Yeah. Okay, true. Oh, snap. <laughs> says true. the artist. <laughs> says the artist. True, true. My thing is that, I mean, like, I don't for know. me, I just think that we all need to do better. There are Definitely. times in which we, it's like, it's like black people using the N-word and then getting pissed off at white people using the N-word. Look, we I'm all not gonna comment. Just, I'm not We yeah. all look a leaf. I know y'all be using that N-word <laughs> too, okay? But, okay, in- in a stop there. <laughs> They're like, in cut. A- yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting into this. No, no like, comment. In a leaf, though, using that word says absolutely nothing about their race, what they look like, anything. Because it's like, okay, it's like New York. I have, okay, I'm world? just gonna be Was in it? in the in honor of just being authentic and truth telling. I definitely have used the word up until recently. Not because I am in an interracial relationship with a black man have I decided to stop saying the word because he actually has no problem with me saying it. Um, I just feel like my personal belief is that if you're going to get offended with other people saying it, you shouldn't say it either. I agree. So that's why I'm just like, you know what? I personally believe if that's the way you guys feel, then everybody should just stop using it. So I'm just going to stop saying it and stop, you know, just buying into that, like, 
just the use of the word, the existence of the word. So if I'm one less person, even though I'm not African-American or of African-American or black descent, like African descent, I'm just not going to use the word at all and just not agree with anybody who uses it. Because I'm white no matter I'm how white. you, in my opinion, no matter how you spin it, no matter how you spin it, whether you spin it in the sense like it was their way of reclaiming power over the word and what it meant, whatever, like however you, you just said it, it is they. Exactly, but it's, it's just they, like you know what I mean. Like, but it's why like, would you like me? I mean, there's not the only really super offensive words I think of when I think of Hispanics or Mexicans are spick, beaner, or wetback. Those are the words would you that ever come. use those words. Exactly. Never mm. in my life would I try to regain control or ownership of mm. that word by changing it up and using it in a different context. Well, like mm. I would just want the word eradicated and not used ever again. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's mm-hmm. just me. So I just, you know what? I'm just not gonna be because again, I'm not bl- black. I've never been part of, you know, the struggle that it is to be African American because I've been in my. Mexican struggle, so I'm yeah. not gonna compare. I got my own two. struggle. I'm not gonna compare <laughs> the two, but just me personally, I've never. It's it comes from a negative. It has a negative history, so why are we just using it? Like, let's yeah. just not. It's a power thing. Not. It's taking away. It's. I just their, don't agree with that, though. I, I don't agree with that. I get what you're but saying. Is it taking negative. away? Power? No, it's not. Like, who loses power by someone using the N word on the radio? Because it's no longer meant as like a ne- uh, a negative. Yes, it is. But because when you thing, and me use it, the, it's still negative. But here's the thing: Do you think that if there were some those the Karens of the world who, you know, call the police on black folks just living their lives and use the N word, do you think that that malice. person is less sensitized to that See, word because that person we, has can, been using? How I mean, can we like, attach malice to a word in, in certain contexts? The word is either offensive or it's not offensive. Like, you cannot change the definition of a word. Like, I, my thing is this. If I, I, I feel like. Can. Definitions of words change all the time. Definitions of words do change, but the intention behind of this, them. Of this word, this word. This is hundreds was, of okay. years of This word used to be word. illiterate. Now it's a curse word. Yeah, and. And mm. I mean, it's not even a curse word. It's, it's not. It's used it's to meant like ignorant. It's, like, it's always meant. It's always not. meant. That's why they used it to refer to. But there's two forms of the word. That's true. There's okay, so what does the, the form that we're talking about mean to you? To be, honestly, to me, I use it with my brother. Okay, okay. It is an daily thing. I definitely because my brother uses it all the time. So that that listeners understand, (laughs) Aleve, Texas, which is a which is a district in the in Houston, is has has superseded New York as the most diverse place in the United States, and it is it is a minority majority community in the minority in this community. Latinos and black people commonly use the N word interchangeably Asians. with one even another. Asians. With one another, let's be and real. Even Everybody Asians, uses it, and we even Asians use will use it with with black people, with Latinos. Like it is something that is just commonly used with one another. There aren't white people who use it though, because there are like seven white people in a leaf. All right, so <laughs> they're not going to use it because they they already are just trying to trying to survive. Right. That said. 
But I want to, sorry, but. Would I, you use that in mixed company though? Would you use it no. in front, okay. Wait, would you use it in mm. front of black people that are not your friends that you did not grow up with that you know maybe because are that's cool a with you no, saying because it. that's a level of confianza. That's See, like in Hispanic cultures. I just cultures, feel like if you wouldn't use the word in front of everybody, no. you shouldn't use it. In Hispanic cultures, you don't use oye way to people you don't know. And I have to, I have way. to tell you that as as the the lone black woman at the table, knowing what I know about everyone at the table, it would be a shocker for me to hear you say the n word. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be offended by it, but I would be shocked by it because. Our other conversations are so highbrow that it would be weird for me to hear you say something so lowbrow. You know what I mean? Mm. So like for me, that that puts me back to, okay, I'm just, I'm going to say this. Take a deep breath. That puts me back to my young, undereducated kids who don't know better. Mm. Now that said, like my sister uses that word. My brother sometimes uses that word. Not very often. My mother literally never did. She was like super offended whenever people use that word. And if I am listening to um, one of my favorite songs, which is F Them Other Ends, <laughs> I will actually say that word. <laughs> but it is me. But it is me literally living out my shadow self, right? Like, I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, I know I'm being unenlightened. It's like when I choose Coca-Cola over water. Mm. I'm making an active and conscious choice to be, But are you offended when you hear, like, non-blacks use the term? Mm. Like the whole Gina Gina Rodriguez, she was singing a song. I literally had no problem with Gina Rodriguez doing it because Gina Rodriguez is a black Latina, even if she doesn't claim it. She's from Puerto Rico. There are no quote, purebred Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. out there. So Gina see, Rodriguez, all issue. she needed to do like, was just claim her blackness. That bothers me. Like people who claim that, like, okay, because the argument that I understand is that only black people are allowed to use the word. For mm-hmm. some black people, like you're saying, you don't have an issue with, uh, with non-black uh, people using the word, but... Well, there's some I black been, people who do who do have a very you know strict like unless you're black you are not allowed to. Well, use actually, this I word. have an issue with everyone using the word. Okay, so great. but I feel like it's a part of code switching to it use is. the word. But I also feel like you. Mm. It's just that like okay, so if if your view is only black people should use the word, and there's people saying that like people like Cardi B shouldn't use it in her music, or she said it before and they find offense to it, and it's just like. Cardi B is black. Like she's Afro Latina. That's BS. That Cardi B can use it, but Gina Rodriguez can't use it. But then I think that comes down, in with ignorance. It does, and saying? it comes down to colorism. Exactly. Because Gina Rodriguez is lighter, she doesn't get to use the term. Exactly. But because Cardi B is darker, she does. So it because makes Cardi me B wonder, has a black like, husband, she you does. know, people who no. who think like this, will they have an issue with my future children? using the word no because your future children will be dark and that's the thing is that's a part of the ignorance of it all i think we either 
can use it or we can't use it. If one of your children was dark and one of your children oh, was children, not I mean, dark, I'm not, I'm not white. But it doesn't matter. You don't know what DNA is going to do. I mean, do. that's what I'm saying. I know. I mean, but they're definitely doing what it do. <laughs> it does definitely you know? do what it do. But, but have you seen my father? I'm just saying. You haven't seen I'm my just father. Saying, I'm, just, seen my father. I'm just saying that my DNA stuff does what Child. it does. And, um, and we don't know. But I, I know for sure that there will be people who would accept a person using the N-word because they're dark-complected versus a person who's not, you know, not accepting that. And the reality is that that is just colorism. For me, it's problematic. And mm. if we are all in a community, if we're in a conversation where everybody is a person of color, then I'm far more likely to be okay with the use of that word because mm. I know no one is using it maliciously. But am I going to use it? in front of other people. Like I may actually say that term in the car when I'm listening to certain songs, mm -hmm. but I don't, you guys have heard me speak. Have you ever heard me drop that word? It's just mm -hmm. not who I am and not who I'm trying to mm -hmm. be. And, you know, I just think that it just needs to go away full stop. I don't understand why we can't I just agree. get a different word. Why do we need to appropriate a word that comes from a malicious That's intent? That's what I just don't like. <laughs> I just don't like what it came from no because like, i don't care how much word. you season it and, and make it look nice <laughs> and pretty you know we deep can't down, make that word pretty deep, deep down the root in the essence the core of that word is negative and it's i just perfect. feel but like that's in but spanish you know. too though okay in cuba and all this they call each other negro, negra. But that's different. But that's a it's different a term word. Of endearment. And it's also like using the it's word ghetto. So no, but negro existed before and never has it been changed. Negro in Spanish literally means black. Yeah, that's what it means. This word does not derive from negro. Well, it, it does it derive does. from negro, okay, but once it, it came into the English, it had a different a whole. But knowing now with the Hispanic community, how. Be your the color of your skin, they, like the color of your skin is your sin, kind of thing. Okay, but it depends on the community, because for example, in in Cuba and you know in places where like blackness is revered, you know they still are like I mean negrita, me you know me negro, me negrona, whatever, mm -hmm. and it is a term of endearment, and That's you don't like, actually have to be black in I order have, to be called that. I actually You're just have the a person who. We call Tia Negra, mm -hmm. but she is white complected and it's out of endearment. It's mm -hmm. like, um, I think the story goes like when my grandparents went to the hospital, so my, when my grandma had her, um, my my mom's family called, like the other children called my grandpa and asked like, what did she look like to describe her? And he was being funny and he was like, because they were both very light complected, everybody mm -hmm. was light complected. And he was like, Esta bien negra, negra, negra. Mm -hmm. And so, like, she's always been called negra. Mm -hmm. And now, like, we don't call her negra in front of, like, like out in the open. If we're, like, at home at my grandma's house, like, we'll call her Tia Negra. But she does, she's asked us not to call her that anymore. Like, she wants to go by her name now because if we're around people, they mm -hmm. might take mm -hmm. offense to it. This I've never felt to, weird saying Negro Negra. But this comes back to doing your own work. When you've done your own work, then then words words you know get to be words mm. and the thing is is that in for example in in el caribe ex at least within uh, within cuba and puerto rico you know they've done their own work to 
honor and to laud their blackness. They love their blackness. So calling someone black is not a problem. The problem in Mexico, however, when you have an entire community of black Mexicans who were not allowed, who were not acknowledged for their blackness mm -hmm. until literally four years ago, then that term has a different connotation, just like Indio has a different connotation. Whereas in the Dominican Republic, Indio is something that is good. So it's all about what you respect, what you affirm that is going to be the thing. And when communities do their work, those words either lose their power. I don't think the word, the N word has lost its power in black culture in the United States mm. because, because the United States has not done its work. Mm. I think the words either lose their power or they go away full stop. But like neither of those things has happened in the U S neither of those things have happened in Mexico. Neither of those things have happened in Argentina, you know, in places where they still have major race issues and so using them is problematic. But that said, you know, like I said, I just equate it to like, you know, hip hop culture. And it's also something that I don't use. Not, not just simply because I don't want to be associated with low English. I call it, I, I associate it with low English. For me, that's pocho English mm -hmm. to use that term. So technically Americanized English is low English if you're talking to the birds. <laughs> it's true. It's true. True story. True story. So <laughs> A-Leaf. Well, let's talk about A-Leaf because A-Leaf is a little special there. You know, we're special. all kind of intermingled now. Mm -hmm. and, and love one another And love deeply. one another. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. And have adopted each other's pain mm -hmm. and experience. Yes, because yes. honest and... But drink to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You cannot literally be racist in a leaf yeah it's not you gonna can't. work you gotta you, you gotta go maybe you know mm -hmm. the first generations were probably probably um prejudiced towards other communities because i think we all have a level of prejudice oh, yeah, towards one another mm -hmm. but now with our fir the first generations that have gone to school and have intermingled with one another it's what it is you know mm -hmm. now am i saying that within my close, you know, circle and community, will I stop saying that word? Probably not, because it just comes out. It's natural to me. Yeah. And, and I think I think it is a part of comfort level, right? It is a comfort level yeah. thing. Because I won't say, like, to Emilia and Alex, shout out who is working. Um, <laughs> How about and couldn't be here today. Th those are those are the, those are my women. Those are those are my bitches. Like I'm not gonna, you know. Use well, it's like me with the word words. bitches. Yeah. Like I use bitches with my friends, but I was just recently um, heard from from one of them. She was like, I don't want anyone to call me bitch, regardless. I don't think that that's a term of endearment. And I was like, <gasps> I was like hashtag shook. Like I call all my friends bitches, yeah. like my bitches. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and there are people who have problems with that. So I would never say that for them. Mm -hmm. from, from that's that's another, right. you know, it's one of the things it's like that word bitch too mm -hmm. is like other people have used in a very derogatory way. But for me, I'm like, those are my bitches. Like I'm going to show up for my bitches, yes. you know, but somebody listening to this right now, his ears are like burning because it's just, why would you call each other? Right. Why would you call each other? Yeah. Like yeah. That, you know? Yeah. So I get it. I definitely get it. And I, um, a leaf is very special and unique and like literally no one else in the entire world could ever understand 
what life in A-Leaf is like because it's unique. Mm-hmm. You know, there is nowhere else. People are always like, oh, New York is diverse. No. But New York, they don't live with one another. They, don't they coexist separate, on yeah. the subway yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's why things go down on the subway that are problematic. Mm-hmm. But in A-Leaf, you have Vietnamese people, Nigerians, Burmese people, mm-hmm. uh, Salvadorans, Guatemaltecos, everyone's living on next door to block, one another yeah, on the yeah. same block, experiencing the same things, honoring the same each other's experiences, mm-hmm. crying with their neighbor when someone is mm-hmm. deported, you know, crying with you know, you know what I mean? Like that's 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 and wow those who can go vote in A Leaf need to go out and mm-hmm. vote because a leaf colors don't look so good. A <laughs> leaf turn out voters. Voter voters turn out. They don't, don't turn so out well. But the funny thing is, is that um, is that the students that I do know, the students I helped raise, if you will, they're like, I will always vote for mi gente. Yes, you know, and yes. it doesn't matter if they're Nigerian, Salvadoran, mm-hmm. or whatever. They're always going to vote for the for the la raza, you know, for. Mm-hmm. For the people of color, because mm-hmm. because that's what A Leaf is, mm-hmm. is a big community of color. So hopefully, folks get out there and vote. But anyway, that's is an aside. <laughs> but I think I think in theme, like to wrap up, I think the thing is, is that what we need to do as and what we're endeavoring to do as yogis is we're endeavoring to do our own work, you know, to be in our own work so that we're less reactionary so that we're more compassionate, so that we're more open, we're more loving, we're more able to listen to the other person's perspective. So, and so that we are less, we're less reactionary with our own stuff because a lot of what is problematic, code switching, reactions to cultural appropriation, are simple reactions to not being okay, not, not having been accepted for or living our own truth. Mm-hmm. And once we're living in that truth, we're like, look, I'm going to speak this way 24 seven because this is who I am. Um, and I'm going to, um, if you do something stupid, I'm just going to call it stupid. I'm not going to have an entire meltdown because you are blackface. Like for me, actually, I don't even have a meltdown over people wearing blackface anymore. I'm just like, okay, curious. What were you thinking? You know, whatever. Let's have a conversation about it. Right. Like I, I, or a person carrying a Confederate flag, I'm like, okay, curious. What was that about? But I'm not going to be like, Oh, this racist, blah, 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 because I've done my own work. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that as yogis, our job and our hope is that we do our own work. Then we can lead by example of, you know, Sandra were to say something crazy and, and I come to her and I'm like, Hey, you know, why did you say that? Me coming to her like that is going to inspire her to listen and so if we can all be that to other people, then we'll be ex- inspiring a more conscious and mindful mm. community. You know what I mean? But we have to do our own work to rectify our own shadow, to rectify our own demons and our own, you know, biases that we haven't dealt with yet within our own selves, you know? Mm-hmm. So once we do that, we're more likely to go out there and and be kind and be human and open and honest with with the rest of the community so with that having been said if there's not anything else we're feeling good about it then i think we should wrap up yes so i'm so thankful for 
My guest, Lenny, la güerita, Emilia, la maestra, Adriana, la genia, Sandra, la chef. Like, thank you guys so much. We're just like coming. And if you don't know what any of those words are, guess you got to Google. Um, but um, thank you all so much for like just coming together and just like being in community and talking and hopefully enlightening some folks because we actually, this podcast is heard all around the world. So um, hopefully this enlightens people around the world. And um, for listeners, I just ask you all to be more mindful, just to listen with your the ears of your heart, as someone once said. And uh, so we can, you know, reduce separation and come into community. So that's my hope for all of you. My goal is always to leave you guys better than I found you. I hope that happened for you today. Namaste. 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 You've been listening to Think, Flow, Grow. This is Tamika with Asha Yoga. I'd love to hear your feedback and would love to hear any topics that you'd like for me to address. Feel free to email me at tamika at ashayoga.com. Also, you can go to that website to find out upcoming workshops, retreats, and events in your area.